0: Adding a tiny human to your family is exciting, terrifying, exhausting, and magical all at once. So often, in those first few days, weeks, maybe even months, we feel as though we're just surviving. This is a podcast to bring you beyond that, to give you the tools to take control of your well being and thrive. Welcome to the Thriving Postpartum Podcast. Much for tuning in to this first episode of the Thriving Postpartum podcast. My name is Kate Murray. I'm a certified aromatherapist, a certifying childbirth educator, and postpartum doula, and I am so excited to be bringing this podcast to you. Um, And just to be chatting a little bit about thriving postpartum on a regular basis. Because it's definitely something that we don't talk enough about. Uh, And like the intro says, we're so often in that space of feeling like we are just surviving with our new little baby. Um, Getting by on so little sleep and learning all these new things about this uh, stranger, essentially, um, and this podcast is designed to help us get beyond that. So I'd like to start off this episode by introducing myself a bit more, telling you a bit about me and my story. Um, this episode is going to be an about me episode with a few of my specific tips for going beyond just surviving in the postpartum period. So first and foremost, I think I should say that I'm a mom, and uh, I'm a mom to one beautiful little uh, 14-month-old daughter, and her name is Nellie, and she has totally, totally changed my life, (laughs) as I'm sure you're... All of your littles have done the same for your life as well, Um, changed my life in so many ways and changed my perspectives and um, definitely made me see the world in a whole different light and it's so scary and good and just like something new every day. So I really, really love being a mom and before I had Nally, I was um, working as a certified aromatherapist and had this sincere interest in working specifically with moms, with um, pregnant and new moms. And so I did a little bit of extra training to um, sort of bump my certification up a bit and work with that, that uh, demographic and then I found out I was pregnant <laughs> and I kind of changed things a little bit. Um, the business I was running at the time was a product-based business. I made uh, like natural blends and um, soaps and uh, bombs and things like that. Um, and after my daughter came along, I decided to close that down because I had this just strong, strong desire to continue focusing my work, um, on working with new and expectant families. And I decided to pursue training as a postpartum doula and childbirth educator. So, um, I'm currently doing that training, I'm working my way through it, and uh, working with families, uh, supporting them in the postpartum period, and I absolutely, absolutely love what I do. Uh, So a bit more about myself and my story, how I came to this work, and... um, why aromatherapy was even an interest to me to begin with. So, I'll tell you that I uh, I have a bachelor's degree in women and gender studies, um, and after I graduated during university and after I graduated, I was so keen on helping others um, and being of service, and so I. I wanted to work in the not-for-profit field, and I did for a few years, um, but definitely found myself very burnt out, and I worked in three different positions and experienced burnout in all three, and in all three cases, it was a year or less that it took for me to really feel burnt out, uh, which is super common in that industry and I think is also super common for Um, women and mothers in general we tend to just feel like we need to be all things to all people and um, though there's nothing wrong with always doing your best I think we take a lot of our work home which I did and um, really allow it to weigh on us emotionally sometimes which I definitely did Um, especially in an industry where you are caring for others and, um, you want to be of service so very badly. So after a couple of years, I knew that wasn't right for me. I'd also always had a pretty keen interest in natural health and healing. Um, I was kind of dabbling a little bit in using essential oils at the time, but I certainly didn't feel confident. And, Um, was seeking as much evidence-based information as I could about it. And I happened to attend a community cleanse event uh, in my community, and they had um, a, I'll just name it, a doTERRA rep there who was uh, obviously encouraging some recruitment and sales. And she was actually selling a... um, uh, not a doTERRA brand, I don't even know if they actually have them, but selling a of diffu- uh, diffuser, and I did buy. That was the first diffuser I bought, and I still use it. It's a Now Foods brand diffuser, and it's great. I recommend it to clients, but she was selling that, and she was recruiting, and she was inviting folks to take a sample cup of water with lemon essential oil in it, And from what I had read, essential oils were very potent and, you know, you didn't want to overuse them uh, or abuse use of them. And so I was really confused by this. I thought, I don't know, like, do, should I really ingest an essential oil? I don't know. Um, And I didn't and I, yeah, kindly refused and went home and just like, was obsessing over this um, communication, this like interaction I'd had and I thought to myself, you know what, I, I need to find a way to feel more confident about this because I believe that these are, from the evidence I've read, that these are really powerful tools for healing and achieving um, healing in a natural way. But I want to be able to know how to use these safely for myself and my family. And so I found a wonderful aromatherapy training program and registered pretty much right away um, and worked through that. And then, yeah, found this really niche interest in working with um, pregnant women, um, and new mothers and babies and kids, uh, and kind of just went from there. And then of course, yeah, my daughter was born and it just sort of reinforced my interest in pregnancy and birth and women's health, um, helping with issues of reproductive health and, uh, kind of going from there. So that's what I do. And I absolutely love it. Um, And I think that aromatherapy can be a really effective tool for health and healing in the postpartum period as well. So I'm sure I will try and do maybe another episode all about that at some point. But today I just wanted to share that, which was my story um, about how I got into this. Now, my story continues, I think, after my daughter was born, um and what what exactly happened after that, how I experienced postpartum, which I'll get into a little bit in this episode as well. Um, but something else I'd like to just chat a little bit about is why create a podcast? Why am I, you know, sitting here in my living room um, talking into a little microphone and chatting with you all about what I do? So let me just say a little bit about what this podcast is aiming to kind of um cover and be about. So, Thriving Postpartum. As you as I described in the beginning, um I wanted to create a podcast because, well, partly because podcasts helped me immensely postpartum. Um I can get into this more in a in a, in a little bit, but we didn't have any close family living nearby when our daughter was born, and so I spent quite a few months just myself at home with my daughter every day while my husband was at work, and not too many visitors. We had a few friends, but of course they worked too. And so um, she was, you know, six months old and kind of moving about, but, you know, not obviously talking or entertaining too much. So I would put podcasts on and it was amazing. It was like having an adult in the room. Um, you know, I <laughs> you probably do this too if you put podcasts um, sort of playing out loud in your home. You may just talk back to them as if you're having a conversation, which may sound kind of absurd, but it really was helpful for me um, to have that sort of perceived uh, adult communication in the day. So podcasts were amazing, um, and I found them really helpful in postpartum. So I wanted to create something that may be helpful in that way for others as well. And in terms of the topics, I mean, I certainly loved listening to birth podcasts, but in that time, I would have loved to hear about something Related to postpartum, to hear about experiences others were having and get the resources I may have needed to um, take better care of myself. And I think that's what I'm aiming to provide here. So we're going to go beyond just the survival mode and hopefully get you inspired to engage in a little bit more self care and certainly uh, feel as if you. Are in control of your well being postpartum. So I'm so excited with the lineup of interviews I've got coming uh, to this podcast. Um, we're going to be talking about issues such as mental health and nutrition. Um, I'm going to have a chat with my husband as well on the podcast, uh, so you'll get to hear a bit more from him and his perspective on our experience and just sort of a, a partner's perspective in general. Uh, we're going to do a couple of mom chat episodes with moms in the, in the region who just kind of, we're just going to have a little coffee and a chat in one of the episodes, which I think will be great. Um and I'm also for sure open to your suggestions. So definitely if you have a topic that you're interested in hearing about, send me a quick message and I will see what I can bring to the to the content that would be related to that topic. Um this podcast is going to be monthly, so we're going to have one episode released every month. And so I definitely encourage you to subscribe to the podcast on whatever um podcasting app you're using, if it's Apple Podcasts uh, or Stitcher, those are the two that main ones. Um, so I definitely encourage you to subscribe if you want to keep abreast of the content. Um, so now, I mean, there's a bit more, I think, to talk about in terms of why this podcast came up but it's related to my specific postpartum experience and so I would love to get into a little bit of that and tell you more about what I experienced as well as a few of the tips that I have for you to go beyond just surviving in that postpartum time. So the first um, thing I'll say is that we had um, wanted to work with a doula and we um, we didn't have a super high income at the time and a friend had mentioned to me that I may be able to contact the local doula collective and see if there were any students looking to get some of their certification hours in, which we did and we found the most amazing Uh, wonderful, caring, like just the best vibes Um, doula, who's now a friend. And she worked with us throughout our pregnancy. Um, One thing I should mention is that we were planning a natural home birth. We were planning a water birth. um, And at around 36 weeks, we found our baby was breech, um, head up, feet down. And Uh, She did not change from that position. Um, We hit 38 weeks. I had been given a couple of options. I I could have gone in for an ECV, which is basically an obstetrician manually trying to turn the baby from the outside by putting pressure on the uterus. Um, which sound like it honestly sounds way more terrifying than it is. From what I had read and heard from ROB, they they really gauge the amount of pressure based on what you can handle, and they're not going to give you more than you can handle in that scenario. But the issues with it for me were that it had a very low success rate. Um, I carried very small, so it just like it didn't feel like there was a lot of room for me personally, um, and the idea of it just freaked me out. I wasn't comfortable with the idea of forcing baby to do something that she obviously wasn't interested in doing on her own, so um, the other option I was given was to wait it out and go into labor, um, because babies can flip and turn sort of at the 11th hour, but I didn't want to do that because if we were to have to uh, transfer to the hospital in an emergency scenario, uh, it would just be whichever obstetrician was on call and I wasn't really comfortable with having a stranger deliver baby. So I actually opted for a C-section. It just gave me the peace of mind that I wanted and needed. Um, We got to meet our OB ahead of time. The section was scheduled, so um, as far as, you know, C-section, or I like to say belly birth goes, it was as calm and collected and organized and quiet as it really could have been, and so I feel like I totally made the right decision for myself, my well-being, my body, my family, Um, and we had a a positive experience and a positive belly birth, um, and recovery. So that sort of set the tone for our, (laughs) our postpartum. So we had our doula, she helped us through that, uh, that birth experience And then she also was there for us in the postpartum period, which when we originally hired her, um, that was the farthest thing from my mind. I was really looking for someone to help during the, the birth. And what ended up happening was that her services postpartum were so incredibly valuable, I would say, even more valuable than her being there for the birth, um, just for our specific situation. It was amazing to have her postpartum. And so I've written a blog post about this, but I will say that the major thing having a doula, uh, helped with for me was, um, basically feeling heard and feeling like space was held for me even if I didn't necessarily want to chat much about it. Um, So what I mean by this is that certainly our doula came and she was able to hold my daughter and give me a break and let me eat and shower and um, she came in the evening sometimes to give my husband a hand with Uh, some light cleaning and food prep and um, you know she was super helpful in those traditional ways but in the less traditional way I would say that we spend probably two or three visits just sitting on the couch having tea you know um, holding baby or watching her sleep and just talking and chatting and um, you know kind of just going over my birth experience and her listening, um, but also just sometimes sitting in quiet, which was so amazing to have that person there, especially because, as I mentioned, we didn't have a lot of uh, close... We didn't have any close family living nearby, and so their visits were very um, planned and spread out because they were all about three hours away. And so... Having her there to just hold that space for me, um, I think drastically impacted my experience in a positive way in those first few weeks. I just felt supported and, um, really heard, uh, if I needed to vent or complain or whatever it may be. It was super, super helpful. So that's one of my first tips, if you haven't already guessed, um, to go from surviving to thriving in the postpartum period is if you can do it, hire a doula. Absolutely reach out and find a postpartum doula in your community. And maybe I'll do like a mini episode or something about this in the future, but um, definitely just... Interview them ahead of time and, you know, chat and see if they'd be a good fit. That was one of the things that we did was we interviewed a few different students um, and this one just stood out and we all vibed so well together. So I would recommend doing that. And if you are like us and you don't have a very high income, um, see if you can find a doula student who may be willing to do it uh, at low or no cost. Uh, as long as you are willing to provide feedback and do their, um, their forms at the end, kind of their evaluation. Uh, so another thing that happened <laughs> with us uh, in postpartum period that I was so freaking unprepared for was that we struggled a bit with breastfeeding, And I'm like 90% sure I can just see you listeners just nodding their heads right now because it is such a common struggle. Honestly, it's so common. So I, like many expectant mamas, obsessed and planned so much over the birth of my baby, which turned out like nothing like I had planned. All my plans just basically went out the window um that I did not give much thought to what would happen after baby was born and I certainly did not give enough thought or research or time to um breastfeeding and learning about breastfeeding so my daughter came along and you know um it seemed like things were going well. Like her latch was good. Um, she seemed to be getting the colostrum that I had and we went home, uh, and it seemed to be okay. Um, <laughs> I naively had thought to myself, Oh, I'm." I think that, you know, a, an electric breast pump is too expensive, and I don't think it's necessary, so I'm just going to get a manual pump, which is fine, but I had no idea that you could get different flange sizes um, to make sure that you have a proper fit so that you're not, you know, causing yourself any pain, and then, you know, we get to that point, and I went to use the pump, and it wasn't correct, and I totally abandoned ship and was like, oh, I'm not using this. Um So that's (laughs) that's kind of one uh, thing in retrospect I probably would have changed. Um, So I wasn't pumping and she was not, although it seemed like she had a great latch and, you know, there wasn't a problem there. She seemed to be getting milk. um, She wasn't gaining weight and, We would go to our midwife appointments and they would weigh her and they kind of gave us a few days and then recommended supplementation, which I was pretty down and frustrated about. Um, I didn't want to supplement, but at the sort of final appointment where they really said, okay, this needs to happen, I kind of just said, all right, whatever, like we'll do it. And we found uh, an organic formula And began supplementing and were able to kind of bring the supplementation down a bit as well over time. And um, she's healthy and thriving and growing. And she's 14 months and still breastfeeding. So I did not give up on breastfeeding as much as there were so many (laughs) times where I thought I might. um, And so many little challenging days when you experience things like cluster feeding and all of that. It can be really overwhelming. So um, this kind of brings me to my second tip for going beyond uh, surviving to thriving. And that is sometimes you just need to let go. And I know it's like the hardest thing to do. But sometimes it's just going to open up so much more space for you mentally and emotionally if you can just let go of some of the things that you thought or expected to do, Um, especially when it comes to feeding baby. Uh, I definitely take the stance that fed is best. And although I'm certainly a breastfeeding advocate and um, would recommend it to anyone who can or is willing I think that sometimes it can just be way too emotionally and mentally demanding to pursue that. And so sometimes you need to add something else in or change things up. And I think if you're willing to do that, you will feel so much better uh, about your experience. So that's my tip number two. So breastfeeding wasn't super easy for us, but we got through it. And we have a pretty great breastfeeding relationship to this day my daughter and I so my plan is to continue until she's two um, and I'm not really sure what will happen beyond that if she wants to keep going we'll see so another thing that we experienced that I've mentioned a couple times now that was very difficult was uh, not having our close family live nearby and luckily they were super accommodating and both my husband's family and my own came and stayed with us at different points which was amazing and so helpful and the other thing that they both of our um, sets of parents did was to bring food so much food oh my goodness when they did come they would stock our freezer and just make sure we were well fed without having to cook for ourselves really for Oh, I don't know. It was like a whole month, almost two months. Uh, It was really amazing of them. And that brings me to my next tip to go beyond uh, just surviving. And that is to create a postpartum support team. Now, I know not everyone has their family close by or not everyone has their family close emotionally in general. So, Perhaps you have some friends that you can ask for help. Try to make a list of at least five or six people that you could ask for help Um, and definitely ask them for help ahead of time, but also keep their contacts nearby in case you need sort of emergency help as well. Uh, And I will say that having people cook for you and bring you food and stock your freezer is one of the best things you can do to help yourself in the postpartum First few weeks, especially, um... Because just surviving on takeout is not going to, you know, nourish your body in the way that you need. It's not going to help you boost milk production if you are trying to do that. Uh, it's not going to keep you energized. Uh, and it's not going to help you throughout the night when you need all kinds of um, snacks to keep you going. So I would recommend having people bring you food. So that's a tip. Uh Now, (laughs) I think another thing that I didn't prepare for at all that I probably wish I would have read a little bit more about or understood a bit more about was postpartum mental health. And, okay, so I guess I did not prepare. Like, my husband and I did have a discussion, and I think this is uh, really important. We had a discussion prior to the birth of our baby that just kind of went over like, okay, what's our plan? If one of us notices the other is um, in some form of mental distress or is seeming like something isn't right or is off, what's our plan? What will we do for the other person? Um, And we have to agree that, you know, that's what's going to happen. So, for instance, my husband said like, If I notice that you're experiencing postpartum depression, I'm going to talk to our doula. I might call your mom. I might call my mom. If it's an emergency, obviously, I will contact emergency services, um, but that's what I'm going to do, and I agreed, and vice versa. We had sort of a a thing that we decided upon, so that's one thing that we um, said to each other, but at the same time, we didn't, I don't think we fully understood what, Postpartum mood disorders could look like. Um, I would say that I uh, experience sort of a, a low level of anxiety or acute anxiety over certain situations in general and have most of my life, which hasn't necessarily negatively affected my day to day living. Um, but After the birth of our daughter, it wasn't, it was probably about, I felt, I felt, I wouldn't say I felt like euphoric or on any kind of high, um, but I did feel good. Like I felt good, healthy, like things were going well. And then about three months in, and I think this is something that, you know, new families definitely need to consider that. Three months in is generally the period where stuff dies down. So you've sort of got the hang of things. Uh, Your family and friends have probably all visited and the excitement of your new baby is kind of, you know, dulling a little bit. So you don't have as many visitors, um, don't have as much attention. If you're struggling with sleep, which is super common at that point, you're probably feeling very exhausted (laughs) Uh, You or your spouse may have gone back to work, uh, adding to the, you know, exhaustion and stress. So three months can be a really difficult time, and it definitely was for me. I think three months also is a sort of point where hormonally things are changing more rapidly. Um, You can start experiencing some of those weird hormonal postpartum things like hair loss and, um I don't know if you, if you stopped breastfeeding or not breastfeeding, maybe your uh, cycle comes back and it just feels weird. It feels off kilter and out of sync and you just may not feel, you know, fully yourself. And I certainly didn't. Um, and what also cropped up for me at that time was some really intense anxiety. Um, and it wasn't anxiety in the way that Maybe you would typically think about postpartum anxiety like a lot of people experience catastrophic thinking um, where, you know, you're constantly worried about the absolute worst happening to your baby or yourself or your partner. Um, it wasn't like that. It was just this general feeling of like life isn't right. This isn't right all the time. Um and it translated into my body, uh, into physical pain, and I, yeah, was struggling to manage it. And so my husband definitely stepped in and said, hey, I think you're struggling. Like, what are you going to, what are we going to do about it? Like, I might, you know, try and ask for help. And I said, yes, I know. I know I'm struggling. Um, let me try a few things first. And so I, in traditional uh, Kate fashion, because I'm a pretty hard worker, I would say I'm a perfectionist, like I want to be able to do things myself. And so um, I really set my mind to I will, you know, work to get better and I will put the effort in to, you know, take better care of myself And so what I did was I, a couple of things, and I would seriously recommend this, um, is that I started going back to the chiropractor. i had seen a chiropractor throughout my pregnancy and um, stopped going basically after baby was born. So I started making my monthly appointments again. I also made my monthly massage appointments again, um, and that helped immensely with just kind of physical comfort. Um and, uh, stress, like stress reduction and relaxation. It was really, really helpful. Then I also, um, you know, carved out time for myself every evening to practice yoga and do a short meditation. And it wasn't much time. It was, you know, 30 minutes of yoga and a five or s- five to 10 minute meditation uh, after my daughter went to bed. And then I would be able to, you know spend some more quality time with my husband after that. Um, But I did it every night and it helped me so much. Um, Now these experiences are specific to me. I know very, very much that not everyone likes yoga. Not everyone likes meditation. Um, Perhaps you don't have insurance coverage for the other things or don't have the money to do them. But that's okay. What my tip is in this realm is this. If you Are realizing that you are struggling with a mood disorder in the postpartum period, or if someone has brought this to your attention, and you feel like you can and want to try some, um, a few things that uh, you know to heal yourself before seeking other support, then really, really consider what helps you relax, what brings you joy and happiness what might help um brighten your day and there's so many different things like you could sit down with an adult coloring book you could go listen to a podcast you could take a nap you could go for a quick jaunt out of the house by yourself uh you could go for coffee with a friend but make these things happen because in that you know really dreary um anxiety-filled state, it's, it's really hard. And I know it is. It's really hard to bring yourself to, to do much sometimes. But if you are, you know, keen to help yourself, then I would recommend, you know, considering and maybe put this list together before your baby is born if you have the opportunity. You know, this is my self-care list that I need to return to if I'm feeling off, And, you know, start doing some of those things on a regular basis. If you can do something daily, it will, it can have a big impact. And of course, you know, if you feel or if someone is really strongly, um, you know, advising that you should seek help, try your best to be open to that and um, find help that, fits with your life and your goals and your beliefs Um, asking for help is one of the strongest things you can do it is not weakness at all and it will certainly uh, have a positive impact on you your children your baby your partner and your family so definitely seek help if you need to do that or do if you can if at all possible try and find a student you love that's more accessible for you but getting that support getting that sort of objective third person in there to help you out is amazing and so 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 useful second if you can take a little bit of time before your baby is born to come up with a list of support people whether it's family or friends Um, who you can call on for help, make that list. Keep it on your fridge. Get their contact info there for emergencies. And also ask them to help you from the start, Um, especially have people bring you food and freezer meals. It's so helpful. And if you can, prepare a little bit and read a bit about breastfeeding. Uh, And... The ultimate tip in this regard and so many others in parenting is letting go with grace. See if you can let go of some of the expectations you have um, and just go with the flow a little bit more. It's life-changing, truly. (laughs) I'm speaking from experience. Being able to do that, it just, it releases so much tension Um, around some of these topics that you may be worried about. So that's another thing. And lastly, with mental health, come up with a mental health um, uh, plan. You and your partner should talk about it if you can before a baby arrives. What will you do in the case of a mental health emergency or a mental health concern? And really consider for yourself what are the things you can do for self-care. And of course, don't be afraid to ask for help or seek help for a partner if that's the case for you. Okay, so that's pretty much wrapping up um, my story, my why I started this podcast, and what my top tips are for survive, more than surviving, going beyond that, and thriving postpartum. Thank you so, so much for tuning into this first episode. Um, I'm obviously new to this, but I'm really enjoying it so far. And I'm so excited to bring you some of the interviews that I have lined up in the coming months. So next month, um, we're going to be doing an episode... um, all just sharing some experiences with some of my closest mom friends, uh, talking about our postpartum experiences, sharing some some more tips, and just kind of chatting and bringing a little bit of humor to the topic that can be very serious at times. Um, So definitely tune in, subscribe to this podcast if you are interested in getting notified when the next episode comes out or, you know, follow me on social media. I'm definitely posting about it. Thank you so, so, so much for tuning in. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you come back Uh, and I sincerely hope that you take a little time for you today and remember that you are enough. Thanks, we'll talk to you next time.